You're listening to the Assembly of Yahweh Sermon Podcast, recorded in Cisco, Texas. For more information, please visit hallelujah.org. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kyle Wilkes. My wife is Julie Wilkes, and uh, we got three kids, Brooksley, Rez, and Bree. Not in that order. Uh, and we got one on the way. So uh, we're excited about that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You always, you always mention your kids and having one on the way and the crowd instantly gets on your side. That's rule number one of public speaking. <laughs> um, so I'm glad to see all the visitors here and really liked, really liked the music this morning. It was fantastic. I always enjoy that part of the service. The subject I'm going to talk about today, it came to me from uh, one of my kids, one of the events that happened at our home. It just, it kind of got me thinking, and then I saw some other stuff happen, and I was like, you know what, I think, I think, I think I'm going to talk a little bit about communication. So one of the event that got me thinking about this, and our need for communication, and I know what you're thinking, and we'll get to that subject in a minute, Kyle, you're not the good, you're not the right guy to talk about communication, I know, I realize that, but uh, that's never stopped me before. So I was sitting at, the, at our house uh, on the couch. And the garage door flies open, and Bree comes running in, and she's speechless. And I'm, I'm, you know, when that happens, and your kid's in a panic, you instantly, you know, you start thinking of the, all the worst-case scenarios, right? And she's like, cat, cat. And she's pointing towards the garage, and it's that time that my focus goes from Bree then I start hearing the, the, an awful noise. And if you guys have ever heard cats fight, that's, that's what it was. it was. It sounded exactly like that. So I knew at that moment, I'm like, okay, there's cats fighting in my garage. This is crazy. Now I do have a cat. I have one cat. But there must be this other cat attacking my precious little cat. So I knew there was a cat fight or Brixley was petting the cat. One of those two things were happening. <laughs> so... You know, so I run, and this this sound is is pretty terrifying. So as I'm going out to the garage, in in a, I'm, I'm looking for all all kinds of stuff because I got to go out there and protect my cat. So I reach, I find a broom, and I mean I'm I'm headed to the garage like a warrior with a broom. I'm going into battle. I run around my truck and get to the car, and there is this cat with its tail caught in Bree's car door. I mean, he's just spinning and going nuts. <laughs> so, uh, you know, let the little guy out when he runs off. And I shut the door and, you know, that's, start walking back inside, feeling a little duped. Like, hey, Bree, did you actually see these cats? And, you know, there was a communication breakdown. There was, she didn't actually physically see them. She heard some noise and the noise scared her so bad she decided to to get away she has been listening to hector and when there is a something going on she knew number one flee flee that's number one rule so she did that and i know the cat was fine i mean his tail wasn't but the rest of him was fine this had his little tail it was but he got out over it and he yeah yeah his friends made fun of him but Um, so yeah, so I, I do struggle with communication, and when I told my wife my subject, which I typically don't do, she kind of gave me an odd look, and I knew that she was questioning 
the, the, the subject matter and be it for me communication. So, and, and she would be right in that. But I also know that anything you do for 40,000 hours, you're supposed to be uh, at that point like a professional. So uh, I'm not saying I am, I'm just saying that I'm 40. So if there's 8,760 hours in a year, I've been around for 350,000 hours. Let's say you half that. I'm at 175 hours if I've communicated roughly half the time. Deduct 135,000 hours for me being a slow learner. And I get around, I'm around that 40,000 hour mark. So because of that, I got up enough nerve to talk a little bit about communication. This will not be an all-encompassing talk. There's people who give it much better. But I just want to talk a little bit about the different aspects of communication, not only with our fellow man and our brothers and sisters and our family members, but also our communication with Yahweh. <clears throat> so I think there's three main ways that in some form we communicate with the Father, and that is through prayer, that is through worship, that's from reading the Bible. Let's start with prayer, and if you would turn to Matthew 26, verse 36. And it says, in, And Yeshua came with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he came to his disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, So you men could not keep watch with me for one hour. Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again a second time and, and prayed, saying, My father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, thou will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them again and went away and prayed a third time, saying, the same thing once more. You know, if uh, Yahshua is, uh, is our example, who is, has Yahweh sent for us to follow, and you notice that when his heart is the most troubled, when he is the most distressed, he turned to prayer. He, he communicated to his Father and our Father through prayer. I believe that when we're in that same position, when we're at our lowest low, when we're at times that we're not sure if we can get over, you know, Yahweh gave us that form of communication. He wants us to ask for healing. He wants us to come to Him. He wants us to go, you know, be by ourselves and find that special place, that quiet place and pray. Psalms 34 verse 15 says, The eyes of Yahweh are on the righteous and His ears are, are attentive to their cry. Yahweh gives us a safety net when we're hurting. We've all been through times and it does seem like our natural sense is to, you know, run to Yahweh when things go bad. When things aren't working right, it seems like it's a lot easier to pray. That's what I find in myself, but I think what we've got to remember is, you know, prayer is set up to be constant. Just like any communication you have in your family or anything, it's set up to be constant. If you would turn to Luke 18 verse 9, and I can only imagine the type of prayer that Yahshua prayed daily, you know, in, in his, as he was 
working all those miracles and his closeness to his father and how he and how he communicated. I mean, you can only imagine, you know, the amount of time he prayed and then how how heartfelt those prayers were. I've noticed in myself a lot of times when I do pray, it's so it's so uh, like when you're praying for your supper, you know, at night. A lot of times, I mean, you kind of got your prayer and you roll through it, and it's time to eat. And, you know, and that's, you know, at times I think that's just going to happen as humans. But we need to make sure that we're also taking the time to really, really be heartfelt and spend time and, and understand what we're praying and understand who we're praying to. If you will, Luke 18, verse 9, this is Joshua. And he told this parable to certain ones who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and viewed others with contempt. Two men went up, to Joshua speaking, two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax gatherer. The Pharisee stood and was praying thus to himself, Yahweh, I thank thee that I am not like the other people, swindlers, unjust, shelters, or even like the tax gatherer. I fast twice a week, I pay tithes of all that I get. But the tax gatherer, standing some distance away, was even unwilling to lift up his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast, saying, Yahweh, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself shall be humbled, but he who humbles himself shall be exalted. You know, I think that what the example in that story was, was it was when we pray to Yahweh and we have communication with Yahweh, it's a heart, it's a heart issue. It's a heart thing. And we got to go and talk to the Father in the correct manner. Kind of going back to that story of Yahshua in the garden. When he knew that he would have to die for the world's sins, for my sins and your sins, he went and he prayed. And he prayed because in prayer you can find strength. I think that's very important as we ourselves go through life and remember the hard times that we've gone through and the hard times that are to come. When we do have that fill-out weakness, we we need to take advantage of that and pray. And we need to make sure that we have a prayer life as we go along so that we can have a relationship on that, on that level. It's like when you have kids and they kind of go do their own thing until they need something and they come running in there and you're like, hey, I've seen you in a while, you know. I think if you have kids, you probably know what I'm talking about. If you would turn to 2 Timothy 3.16, I think the next kind of medium that Yahweh gave us to communicate through and with is He gave us the Bible. And like prayer... The Bible, you also have to be in it a lot. You have to be reading it and studying it because this tells us the character of our Creator and of our Father. It's hard to, to talk to somebody that you've never met on any very deep, deeply, right? And this right here explains what Yahweh is when you read the stories in this Bible. Second Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is inspired by Yahweh and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That the man of Yahweh may be complete, equipped for every good work. You know, the Word of Yahweh tells us what Yahweh expects of us. It tells us what Yahweh wants from us. It tells us what He asks from us. When you watch the geographical shows on TV and they'll be doing a special on some of the Hindus in India or something. And it just seems so confusing that some of these religions of the world where they're worshiping, 
you know, monkeys. There's these monkeys in this temple and people are feeding them and they're terrorizing the whole town. But yet, you know, they didn't... They Somebody along the way came up with that and now they're all just going along with it. Or there's another temple where they, they feed all these rats, you know? And it, it's, it's crazy, but... They don't have this God. They don't have this God. They don't have this book that was given so that we would do things, so that we would have laws and we would understand things that are good for us and not harmful to us. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. If you fully obey Yahweh your El and carefully follow all his commandments, I give you today, Yahweh your El will set you high above all the nations on the earth. If you look at the countries and you see how their laws are set up, I don't know exactly who said it, but somebody once said that you just you show me a country's laws and I'll tell you how good they're doing. You tell me what laws they're following. If you show somebody a country and they're following these laws, they're going to be by far the most prosperous country in the world. That's, I mean, what, that's why America is so prosperous. We have strayed far, but in our beginnings, those, those great principles that we were given are still holding true, are still allowing us to prosper above all other people's. Psalms 19, verse 7, The law of Yahweh is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of Yahweh is sure, making wise the simple. Deuteronomy 6, verse 6 says, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit down, when you sit at home, and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. He gave us, through this Bible, a communication. It's like kind of like we have a business, right? Like your people that you're working with, if nobody says, okay, guys, here's what we got to do, and here's how we're going to get there, I mean, it's kind of chaos. It's kind of chaos. They say the number one most important thing in business is communication. It's kind of the same thing when it comes to our relationship with Yahweh. There has to be a level of communication along the way so that we understand what's expected. We understand what He wants us to do. Of course, you know, I would, I would be remiss if we didn't turn to John 3.16, very popular scripture for sure. But a very good scripture, a very fitting scripture for Passover. And another way that we see our character, you know, we see the character of Yahweh. For Yahweh so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. To have a relationship with Yahweh, we got to work at it. It's just like any other relationship. We got to work at it, and we got to use the avenues that he's given us to improve that relationship at all time. The other way that we communicate and that we we I think show, show our love for the Father and Yahshua is through worship. And worship is, like I said earlier, like for me, I, I love our, our Sabbath worship and our, I mean, our everyday feast day. I mean, I love our worship here. It's, it's the highlight of everything we do. We love it. And we got so many talented people that get up here. But I also want to encourage the people who, who sing more like me. So like when Keith was talking about I don't know what he called it exactly. And he said something about there's a this song has a camshaft in it or something. And, and the keys change. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the key. I mean, the keys, I mean, it's, it's cool. I mean, they said the keys changed. I don't know. But always remember, when you're worshiping, you are, you are here to worship. You got to kind of get your heart set right. The other thing to remember is when you, when you come in to worship, like me, I kind of sing loud, but... As I spoke about, I don't know keys from anything. I don't know what all that means. If you're singing really loud, but you're not a good singer, you, that's not a problem. That's not a problem. I mean, it's a problem for the people around you, but it's not a problem for you. So, so remember, 
Yahweh looks at the heart. So sing loud and proud. If you would turn to 1 Chronicles 16 and 23. For the record, I know he didn't say camshaft, but I don't know exactly what he said. Uh, I heard Chuck, Chuck laughing a little too loud. I'm like, wait. <laughs> that was a joke. Okay, so 1 Chronicles 16 and 23. Sing to Yahweh all the earth. Proclaim good tidings of his salvation from day to day. Tell of his glory among the nations, his wonderful deeds among all the peoples. For great is Yahweh and greatly to be praised. He also is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols. But Yahweh made the heavens. I really like 26. It says, For all the gods of the peoples are idols. But Yahweh made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. Ascribe to Yahweh, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to Yahweh glory and strength. Ascribe to Yahweh the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship Yahweh in holy array. Tremble before him all the earth. Indeed, the world is firmly established. It will not be moved. Let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice and let them say among the nations, Yahweh reigns. Let the sea roar and all it contains. Let the field exalt and all that it is in it. Then the trees of the forest will sing for joy before Yahweh. For he is coming to judge the earth. Oh, give thanks to Yahweh, for he is good. For his loving kindness is everlasting. Then say, save us, O Yahweh, of our salvation. And gather us and deliver us from the nations. To give thanks to thy holy name. And glory in thy praise. Blessed be Yahweh, the El of Israel. From everlasting even to everlasting. Then all the people said, Amen. And praised Yahweh. Notice it says, sing to Yahweh. You know, when we come here, you know, sometimes life is the way it is. It's set up to have difficulties because we learn from difficulties. They say that the only way a kid really appreciates anything is if he has to work for it. I've found that to be true for the most part. But, you know, life is set up to be difficult. So sometimes when we come to Sabbath, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of get into that worship mode. Sometimes you got to prep yourself. I like the, the pre-roll as they call it, as we do at the beginning, because it kind of helps you. It kind of, it's that five minutes that kind of starts getting you into that worship mode. But we also have to remember, when we come before Yahweh to worship, like we're coming before Yahweh to worship, and there needs to be a, a sense of uh, reverence, and, you know, and we need to, we need to give, um, we need to give everything we can. And I know, you know, you, you kind of, Come, you, you have a super busy week and you just seems like that you're just sliding in to home plate at the end and you're tired and you're just trying to get here, get the kids dressed, fed and get them to church. Hope that there's, you know, no catastrophe well, where somebody, you know, spills something and you try to get here. I mean, I, I mean, we all have that and experience that. But, but we also have to always keep in our mind that worship is is something that is very, very important in worship with the right heart. And I know I have I've failed at that, but I hope to get better, and I hope that you guys will get better along with me. And let's, let's try to give Yahweh what He deserves as the, as the Creator and, you know, not, not spend too much time, you know, just looking around. But when, when we're singing, let's sing. Let's sing like we're singing to the Creator of the universe. Uh, Psalms 99, verse 1. You can talk a lot about worship reading the, the Psalms, and you can't not read the Psalms if you're going to talk any, any, a little bit about worship. So you just, I felt like I had to put this verse in here. 
Yahweh reigns, let the people tremble. He is enthroned above the cherubim. Let the earth shake. Yahweh is great in Zion, and He is exalted above all the peoples. Let them praise Thy great and awesome name. Holy is He, and the strength of the King loves justice. Thou hast established equity. Thou hast executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Exalt Yahweh our Elohim and worship at His footstool. Holy is He. Moses and Aaron among his priests, and Samuel was among those who called on his name. They called upon Yahweh, and he answered them. He spoke to them in the pillar of clouds. They kept his testimonies and the statutes that he gave them. O Yahweh Elohim, thou dost answer them. Thou wast a forgiven, forgiving Elohim to them, and yet an avenger of their evil deeds. Exalt Yahweh our Elohim, and worship at his holy hill. For holy is Yahweh our Elohim. I like verse 9 especially, which says, Exalt Yahweh our Elohim and worship at his holy hill. For holy is Yahweh our Elohim. There's a lot of different ways we communicate. And like I said, I think those are the three ways that we can communicate with the Father the most. But then there's also the, you know, the communication that we have amongst each other, amongst everyone here, your families, your friends, your coworkers. And that's something that can be extremely difficult because when we deal with people and I, we are also a person, you know, we have emotions, we have, we have thoughts, we have agendas that we would like to, um, to get into and to get across. And sometimes that communication can be somewhat difficult if you're me. So the communication is, amongst our people is so important because you're so easy to break people down and it's so hard to build people up. I'm always amazed with Hector. Like Hector... He can say very difficult stuff and say it in a way that, like, yeah, that sounds brilliant. I've always been envious of how he communicates and his style. I mean, I mean, he's so good at it. They hired him to communicate with people over and with the law enforcement. So they'd have difficult situations, and they were trying to literally talk people off bridges and stuff. They'd call in Hector. Hector would come in, and, and he would talk them down. He was their negotiator. And that, that's pretty phenomenal. And there's, there's, you meet people in life that do that type of things. And I'm, I've always been impressed with that. My only reason I think I'm so impressed with it is because I'm so bad at it. But luckily, I come from a, a family. I have a wife, and you know, I learn from them every day. They have an, a, an advantage over me. My wife is obviously of the female persuasion, and they seem to have more gifts when it comes to communication. And then my oldest daughter, too. So I have these, these two people I constantly learn from. And one day when I was in the laundry room, and I was probably helping out with laundry or something. I'm not really sure why I was in there. But as I was in there, um, I saw this, this downy wrinkle release bottle. And I, I didn't think much of it until I, I saw the other side of it. It says, Bree. Do not take this out of the laundry room again. Wow, what communicators? So, so in, in business, communication is key. Expectations are key. So I thought, man, my wife is doing a great job with our kids. So you can go to the other side of the bottle. Oh, she's even, she's even better than I thought. She's got multiple messaging. Uh, the, the IT guys call it omni-channel when you're just hitting them on all levels. It uh, says... It says, laundry room only. Bree, if you take this again, I will take your phone for a week. And I was, I was impressed by that. And I was like, man, I got to start doing stuff like that. So I kind of thought that's where it ended, but no. So I walked into Julie's closet. I noticed that they're very good at communicating. It says, Bree, 
Do not take anything from my closet. If you fail to follow this rule, your phone will be taken away. So they say in communication, consistency is key. So I, I noticed a pattern here. The phone is the, always the thing that is in jeopardy. So I thought to myself, I'm like, you know, Kyle, there's hope for you yet. Maybe you can learn to be a better communicator. I want to reiterate that this subject alone, interaction with your brothers and sisters and your family members, I mean, it's, it's a full subject. We're going to scratch the surface if you can even talk about that. But what I, I felt like that some of these things would not be good to be brought up before the feast just because there's so much activity going on. It's just something I, I want... I want myself to think about. I think it would be good if we all if we all thought about it. You know, James 1.19 says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Now that's obviously not my strong suit, but I want it someday to be. So I want to like I'm slowly working in that direction. Ephesians 4, verse 29 says, Let no corruption talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up. As fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. I know when I was a young man, out of the construction sites, you know that would have been that would have been good advice. It's hard advice to follow, and it's good advice to follow. But it's very easy to get in habits of having things that you say are not commuting in an appropriate way. And the Bible says multiple times in multiple different ways that we got to be very careful about what comes out of our mouth and what we say. You know, and so a lot of times. There's moments when you really want to say something and there's something in you saying, don't say that. And there the battle is. I lose that battle multiple times, but I, 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 I'm just happy I have that voice saying, don't say this. You know, once you get married, you have that a lot more. Uh, and you really know what I'm talking about. No, just kidding. <clears throat> that never happens. Proverbs 29.11 says, a fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. A fool gives full vent to his spirit. What he's saying there is he's saying when somebody really does you wrong and it's that, that instant moment when you're just going to let them have it, well, that's, that's what the fool does. He just doesn't hold back and just unloads on somebody. And, but a wise man holds back and then reins that back in and gives himself time to calm down. So an example of this that I have I failed at, I was we was at a, a baseball game. I coach a bunch of little leaguers. There's a lot of rules in baseball. So one of the rules is, is you can only visit the mound so many times. So we were playing Eastland, a rival over there, and we were playing a good game. And I went out and talked to my pitcher. And the only reason I was talking to him is I was wanting him to understand that, hey, I'm only out here because I'm going to burn about 10 minutes off this clock Right? So that we can't start another inning, this game's over, and we win. There's a lot of strategy in baseball. So I walked out, and we're just chatting, and you're kind of waiting for the ump to dismiss us. And then, But I had two, I had more visits. So I, I was like, I, I'm going to let him pitch to the next kid, and we'll do it again. So once we end this inning, game over. Uh, so I went. But as all this was happening, I started walking back to my dugout, and the umpire says, okay, next time you go out there, you got to pull your pitcher. Well, that's not the rules. So I said, I said, hey, man. I said, I've only been out there one time. I can go twice. Well, and then on the third one, you have to pull him. And he said, nope. This, that was your second time. 
So we started having a little bit of a back and forth. I went, no, 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 no. That's not right. So I looked out those two arms. So I'm not getting anywhere with the guy at home plate. So I look out the guy at the field. And I'm like, and he's a great guy. I've known him a long time. And I'm like, hey, how many, and it's a little windy. And I'm like, how many, how many times have I visited the mound? And I go like this. Well, he goes like this. He gives me two. And at that, and I just, I'm just, I know Kyle, kind of restrained myself. I'm like, I'm going to the dugout. So I just, but they seen that I was a little upset. I, I might have rolled my eyes at him and threw up my hands. And I walked back to the dugout. So the game continues, and, you know, it all works out. So, But after, we did actually wind up playing another inning. So my strategy would have worked. Uh, so he comes over there, and he's like, hey, man, why, why are you upset? And I'm like, because you said I visited Mount twice. And he's like, no, I was telling you how many outs. What was y'all asking? I thought y'all were asking how many outs there were. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Uh, but, you know, that's, and that's our, when we communicate with each other, that's how life is. A lot of times, I was informed by my oldest daughter that I had hurt her feelings last night. And I'm like, really? What did I say? What did I say? And she told me, and I was, I was regretful. I'm still not 100% sure what I, said, what I said or when I said it. But, you know, we have to be conscious of the people around us and how we communicate. In Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1, it says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. You know, you can, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, scriptures that speak to these kind of points. Um, in Matthew 12, 36, it says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will have to give an account for every careless word they speak. That's pretty, uh, it's pretty concerning for me, when I read that, Psalms 141 verse 3 says, Set a guard, O Yahweh, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. You know, that's a, that's a pretty good prayer that David was praying. He says, Set a, a guard, O Yahweh, over my mouth and keep watch over my lips. You know, um, <clears throat> there's, a, there's a book that I was given um, and then me and Lad apparently were given the same book, so I don't know what that says about us. But so this guy, he gave us this book, and, and I had it in there. And Lad came in, he's like, "Hi, um, hey, I got that same book." Anyway, so we started talking about it. And in this book, it was it was a good book, and we were both you know listening to it. But it's the, the guy who wrote it is it's the Ritz Carlton guy, the guy who who did Ritz Carlton, which is a super nice hotel, and their service is like the top in the world. And he gives a lot of hints about how to communicate. But one of the things he says is he says that when somebody is having problems or something or frustrated, he's like, he te- they teach their people to the first thing they say is to go up to them and say, listen to their problem and say, I'm sorry, how can I help? And he says that most times those people, there's nothing you really have to do. They just kind of want to vent. And as soon as they hear the words, I'm sorry, how can I help? They calm down. And then they start like, okay, well, it's not that big of a deal. Right? There's just there's so many ways that we can communicate that it's like the Bible says, a soft answer turns away wrath. You know, you can you can use that in a lot of ways. And that's why I want to use that. I struggle to use that. I try to use that, but I've got a long ways to go. Um, but it also concerns me that 
you know, people are always giving me books. And at first it is because I thought, you know, they were just, they really liked me. But they're always like, giving me the book and they always say, you really should read this. Didn't think much about it, but it's getting to be kind of common. You really, so now I'm just thinking, man, there must be some kind of character flaw. And apparently Lad has the same one. <laughs> uh, Proverbs 12:18 says, there's one whose rash words are like swords thrust, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs 12, 15, verse 2 says, The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly. And for my last scripture, Psalms 19, verse 14, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Yahweh, my rock and my redeemer. And I think that is ultimately, it should be all of our goals. I want it to be my goal. It's it's very difficult. I think it's a it's a lifelong endeavor, communication, and continuing to improve, not only with your fellow man, but with Yahweh. And I know there is a lot more you can go into on this subject. There's a lot uh, more qualified people that can speak on this subject. But maybe it pricks your heart a little bit, or it gets you thinking a little bit. And that's what I, that's what would be my hope. I know as I kind of went through it, like I said, and it really got me thinking and questioning and wanting to do better. And then also understanding the severity of some of those, of, of the words that we speak and how we say them and how we'll have to give an answer for that. So appreciate your kind attention. Thank you.